Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good evening. Good evening. The quieter I do it, the louder you get, right? Is that how it works? Yes. Good evening. Good evening. Wow, that was good. It's good to be with y'all tonight. I was with some of you this morning playing Gaga and Nine Square. Some people trying to take me out in Nine Square. I'm going I'm to see y'all tomorrow. And uh, anybody remember last night I, I, I talked about how sometimes in life when things are hard, we try to take control of it ourselves and take a hard grip on it. We're quick to act but slow to believe. So this morning I climbed a tree and I got to the top of the tree like with the rock climbing. And they said, all right, now... Pastor George, just lean back, and it'll bring you down slowly. And I did not believe them. So I squeezed the tree. I was like, I don't believe you. I don't want to come down. And the tree felt so good. They said, it'll bring you down. I was so scared, not scared, scared. (laughs) But then I thought, last night, I spoke to the campers, and I told them that we should believe. We shouldn't take things in our own hands. And I'm sitting up there holding the tree like this. And I said, you can't teach campers something and not do it yourself. So I took three steps down. And then I leaned back. And guess what happened? No, I didn't fall. It brought me down slowly. It actually worked. There can be moments in your life where you will hear a message or give a message. And then God says, do you really believe that? He's going to say, here's an opportunity for you to live that out. So we get to continue in understanding and believing that God is doing something greater and bigger in our lives than what we may be able to see. Even in the mess of this world and the mess of our lives, that God can somehow take the mess and make something beautiful. We're going to continue exploring that tonight. Last night I told you about Jesus in the moment when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm going to tell you tonight about some things about him too. But I'm going to start, I'm going to tell you some things to be very uh, vulnerable, so I'm going to ask you not to judge me. Y'all, gonna, y'all not going to judge me, right? You don't even hear what I'm going to say. Y'all not going to judge me, right? All right. So when I was about 13, 12, 11, I don't know, I was young. I was a teenager. And my mom used to tell me, George, it's your turn to go take a shower. And when I was younger, I hated taking showers. Y'all not that way. Everybody here loves taking showers, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be honest. <laughs> so my mom would say, George, it's your turn to take a shower. And I was so defiant because for some reason, I didn't always like taking showers. So this is what I would do. I would go in the bathroom, I would run the water, and I would stand there. Not in the shower, just stand there. <laughs> then I'd turn the shower off, and I'd leave the bathroom. Like, all right, cool, I'm good. And I would do that over and over again. i never forget, I was in middle school, actually. I remember this day. It is seared in my mind because I think the smell is seared in my mind. I'll never forget being in middle school, standing in line. It was summertime, so everybody was perspiring, sweating a little bit. And I'm standing in line in my class, and I'm standing there thinking, man, what's that smell? Somebody stinks. And then I begin to finally realize it was me. It was the first time I realized this is why my mom keeps telling me take a shower. If you don't take a shower, you might stink. And I smelled it. I remember thinking, I smell it. And guess what? It was too late. I was in school. It was the middle of the day. I couldn't do anything. And from then on, every single day, I took a shower. 
But even then, as I got older, I began to have these disciplines of taking care of my hygiene. And one of the things I would have to do is when you take showers and when you clean and when you get water, your, dry, your skin can get a little dry and you're supposed to put lotion on. And you're supposed to do it mainly every day. And what I would do is when I would put lotion on is instead of putting lotion on, I would only put lotion on the parts of my body that would be seen. So if I had pants on, the only part that would get lotion were my arms, right? And if I had shorts on, I would lotion down to my ankles. But then everything else would just be ashy. Because in life, it was only about making sure that what everybody else saw looked good. And if I'm honest with you, when I was growing up, when I was a teenager and I was growing in my faith, I approached Jesus Christ the same way. Is I'm only going to show Jesus what I think looks good, what I think he needs to see. I'm going to show my peers what I think looks good and that should look perfect. And everything else I'm just going to hide, not realizing fully that Jesus Christ came to cleanse me whole. But instead, I'm faking like I'm taking a shower to impress my mom. That Jesus Christ came to make me brand new. And instead of fully receiving that, I'm just lotioning the parts of my arms so that everybody else could accept me. It took me many, many years to realize that Jesus did not come here for perfect people. And that it was okay that I wasn't perfect. I don't know who needs to hear this tonight. It is okay that you're not perfect. I told you last night that Jesus came to fulfill some things, and some of those things were in, was in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61, and I read that verse to you last night. And so that you don't just have to take me at my word to let you know that it's actually in the scripture that Jesus came to fulfill that scripture. I'm going to read to you from um, the book of Luke chapter 4. In the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says this um, in the life of Jesus. It says, Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, which is the day of rest, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, and Jesus read these words. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Those are the exact words from Isaiah 61, which is our main verses for this week. In verse 20, it says, Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on Jesus. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus came to fulfill the promises of the Old Testament. But if we look at this, it doesn't say that Jesus came for everybody that smells good, looks good, and have it all together. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoner. Some translations say freedom to the captive. And it's good if you can understand this now, way ahead of what I understood it, is that Jesus Christ does not draw near to us because we smell good or because we look good. If he only came here for perfect people, then why would he have to die? He came here to us because we were such a mess. He came here to us because we had some funk that only he could clean. This is one of the things I have learned in life. And if you can grasp this right now, it'll save you a lot of heartache and a lot of pain, which is this. Most times we think of strength being the absence of weakness. What I have learned is that strength is the ability to face your weaknesses. 
so that they can become stronger. I don't know if you've ever met that person who's really good at one thing. They might be really, 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 really good at it, and that's the only thing they do because it's natural and it's somewhat good and easy for them to do. But if you ask them to do anything outside of their comfort zone, they're not willing to do it. I, I love lifting weights. I love doing push-ups. It comes easy to me. You know what's hard for me to do? I can do sit-ups. What? Cardio. I despise cardio. I hate cardio. So you know what I'm doing in my life? So when I grew up, I would do push-ups all the time. I will push up anybody. But then I began to realize, you know what? Doing push-ups is actually easy for me. And people would look at me and say, George, you're strong. Well, am I really strong? Because I don't have the strength to do the things that are hard. I only have the strength to do what is easy. So then when I began to realize that real strength, when I met people in my life, real strength are the people who can look at their weaknesses and tell them, you know, I just told y'all I didn't shower. That's not really a compliment. I told y'all I'd be having ashy feet. That's not a compliment, (laughs) right? But what I've learned is that here's what I've learned. All of us are human beings. We all have issues. And so sometimes if I just share mine, it allows you to realize you have yours. I realize that most people don't have the strength to say this is where I'm weak. And so I hate cardio. So this year, I'm running a half marathon in October. Because I hate cardio. So three days a week, I'll tell you this, three days a week, I run with a nonprofit called Back on My Feet, which runs with veterans who are either homeless or struggling with addiction. And so every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I wake up at 5 o'clock to run with them at 5.30, and I run three to four miles a week, and I'm running 13 in October. And when I first started doing it, I thought to myself, I could crush anybody here with push-ups. But I got to run four miles. And I have to tell you, when I've run and I've faced my weaknesses, God has grown me significantly. You don't have to be perfect for Christ to encounter you. I would even say this. Look at your weaknesses and say, Lord, take these ashes and give me beauty. Take this brokenness and make me whole. Take these wounds, Lord Jesus, and give me healing. I would actually encourage you to bring all the stuff that you think you need to put here and all the perfection you think you need to project and take all that mess and bring it forward and say, Lord Jesus, here it is. Because here's the point. What's the point in acting like you're taking a shower if you're going to stink anyway? What's the point in acting like you have it all together when you know you're dying in the depths of your soul? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? When you feel like the only person that you're fooling in life is really yourself. You ever have that moment? Can I go a little bit deeper? You ever have that moment when all your friends like you and it bugs you that they like you? Because you've never really shown them who you really are. And so they only like your mask. They don't really like who you are. You feel even more isolated. You will say to yourself, do people, if they really knew me, would they really, really love me? What if we brought all of our mess, all of who we are, and said, Lord, here I am? Because Jesus is saying this, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. I have come to set the cap." free. I ask you, is there any places in your life where you need to experience freedom? My daughter is, uh, my oldest daughter is 11. She's at the top camp Fort Roller for her first week of overnight camp this summer, and she's had a first summer job. 
and she's making some little money. And so one of the first things she did was she ordered something on Amazon. Show hands. Who's ever ordered from Amazon yet? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So she made her first order by herself. She paid for it. She selected it. And she sent, hit press send. And then she did that thing that most people do, which is like checking when it's coming, checking when it's coming. Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Just calm down. It only took two days. It, it showed up. And she was waiting because it was her first package that was coming just for her. It was that excitement of knowing that she was going to receive something. I'll never forget a couple months ago, my, my, uh, somebody came to my door and had a delivery. And I opened the door, and it was beautiful flowers. And I thought to myself, man, these are some beautiful flowers. And they were for my wife. And I thought, man, I'm such a good husband. I bought my wife beautiful flowers, and then it hit me. No, I didn't. Who bought my wife beautiful flowers? But then they said, these are for Stephanie Hopkins. Does she live here? I said, yes. They could only give it to the person there if they could say whoever's name is on it, they're willing to sign and say, that is me. The gift could only be delivered to the person whose name was signed and said, this is me. Now, who delivered those flowers? It was somebody who I had did some ministry with somebody. They wanted to thank my wife for letting me have time with them. That was great. But I want you to hear this. When you get a delivery, it's important that it goes to the person that it's for. And when Jesus says, I have come to set the captive free, I ask you this question. If he came and he said, I'm here to bring freedom to the captive, would you be willing to raise your hand and say, that includes me? If a package came to your door and it was Jesus Christ saying, I am here for the captive to bring freedom, would you have the courage to say to yourself, Lord, that's me. I need it. I will sign my name. I need freedom. Would you be willing? To acknowledge where you're not perfect. I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Anybody with the hat right there? What's your name? Aiden. That's a great name. My son's middle name. Come on up, Aiden. Let's give him a round of applause. Aiden, if you, you don't mind me putting you on the spot a little bit, do you? Nope. I remember you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we know each other. Yeah. Aiden, so I just asked people to raise their hand if they would say, if Jesus came and said, I'm here for the captive. Mm -hmm. The package I have is for the captive. The package of freedom is for the captive. Would you be willing to raise your hand? Aiden, do, what do you think about that? You think you'd be willing to raise your hand for that? That's a tough question, huh? Well, I feel like we're like kind of all captives in a way. Yes, Aiden, tell me so, more. If we're all captives, then he didn't say like, I came to do it for like this specific person. Yeah. So if you said captives and we're all captives, I say sure. You would sign your name. What, sign you, what would you sign on that if that was for you? What would the delivery name be? Who would it be for? Aiden who? Aiden Nahas. Aiden Nahas. So everybody know what this sign is here? Amazon. See, Amazon, man, they're taking over the world. They're taking over the world. Everybody knows what that sign is. So a package comes from Amazon, and it says it's for Aiden. And it comes to you, and you say, I'm Aiden. You would sign your name if Jesus came and said, I'm coming for the captive. You would say, yes, Lord. Yes. I want that package. I do want that Hold package. on to that for one second. Don't open it yet. What I want us to understand, sometimes when we think about who we are, we focus so much on ourselves, we lose sight of the, the gift that God's giving us. I want you to hear this. 
Sometimes when we think about who Christ is and the brokenness in this world, we think so much about our mess that we lose sight of the gift that God is giving us. Because the beautiful part in signing your name is saying, Lord, I am the captive who you've come to save. Lord, that is me. I want the gift. I want the package who you have come to bring. I want all of it. That's me. I'm the kid that hasn't showered in a long time. That's me. I'm the kid with ashy feet. That's me. I'm the kid with a broken heart. That's me, Jesus, right here. When you get to that moment, you begin to realize that's what more important than your mess is is the gift he has come to give you. Consider the gift that Jesus offers you. Aiden, I want you to open that up. I want you to tell everybody what's inside of your package for me. I taped that up. Was that good? Did I do a good job, Aiden? Candy. Huh? Candy. How, what, what kind of candy? Um, nerds, Skittles, Airheads, Mike and Ike, Sour Patch Kids, Sweet Tarts, Reese's. Open, open one of those, right? Open this. Open the Skittles right here. I want you to do me a favor. Open those up. We have a debate in my family and at my church home, but we have this debate that Skittles taste the same or they all taste different by, according to color. I think they all taste the same. Yeah, they all taste the same. Ho, 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 ho. Hands if you think they taste the same. All right, all right, hands down, hands down. Hands if you think they taste different. Aiden, Aiden, do you, uh, Aiden, do you, what do you think? Do you think Skittles taste the same? I think like some taste the same, but some taste a little different. You think they taste different? Aiden, come up here and close your eyes for me, Aiden. Close your eyes. We're going to test Aiden. We're going to test Aiden. Huh? Can you read the flavors? Yeah. Okay. Give him a drink. Are yeah. oh, you trying to make this legit? Wow. So lemon. You grape, have lemon, grape, strawberry, green apple, green apple, and orange. And orange. You ready, Aiden? Yeah. Eyes closed. You swallow your gum? Huh? You swallow your gum? No, it's under my tongue. Okay. You want to spit it out? I'll sort it. All right. All right, Aiden, go ahead and eat that one. Is that strawberry? This is for the this lemon. Orange. We're not done yet. We're not done. All right, go ahead. Oh, take your time. Green apple. Not wait. Great. Yeah. One more, two more, we'll do two more, two more. Man, this is not going well. Are you dropping this? Huh? Sorry, sorry. You gotta hold the bag of candy in there. Calm down. They taste the same. Who just said it? Huh? I heard it. I heard it. They told you. You didn't know. Could you tell? I could tell. It tastes different. Yeah. It tastes different. All right. I'm going to let you have that one. Okay. Here's what I want you to do, though. I want you to taste, taste these together. Taste them together? And I'm going to ask you one simple question. If I put these back, will you eat these? Will anybody eat these? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a whole bunch. I'll give this. 
Here's the last question to you, Aiden. Here's my last question. It's a simple one. How does that taste, just overall, how would you say that candy tastes? Really good. Really good. Here's what I want you to hear. The Bible says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Whenever you're thinking about why Jesus came, when you think about your mess and all that might keep him from loving you, know that he came for the captive. He came for the poor. He has come for the brokenhearted. And then set your mind on this. I want to taste and see the goodness of God. Amen. Let's give Aiden a round of applause. Thank you, Aiden. That's yours, sir. That's yours. That's yours. Aiden has a lot of friends now. Look at all those friends. Huh? Aiden's got a lot of friends with a lot of candy. Y'all see what happens when you take a shower and put lotion on? You get friends. All right, we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up. But I want to encourage you with this. Whenever you consider the mess of brokenness in your life, I want you to encourage, encourage you with this, that Christ has come. He is the remedy. What I want you to meditate on is this. If you are captive, what if it means for you to be freedom? What does it mean for you to be free? What would it mean for you to be free? I want you to begin to taste freedom and say, what would it mean for me to be free? I want that. What would it mean for me to be fully known and fully loved? I want that. What would it mean for me to be whole? I want that. Begin to desire to taste and see that the Lord is good. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you. I thank you that you have come and you have sent your son that we would have life, that you didn't wait till we perfected our lives, you didn't wait till we cleaned ourselves, but you have sent Christ to come and give us the fullness of life. I thank you that you have come to give us freedom. I pray now that you will give us a longing and a hunger for true and real freedom, that we will no longer settle for faking it, for letting people see as if we are free, for letting people see as if we've done all the things that are correct while hiding all of our funk and our mess. Lord, would you this night give all of us a longing to taste freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.